In today's episode, we are going to talk about healing after a loss by suicide. Hey, it's Elegant Granny and I need your help. I am asking you to help me with my fundraiser through the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. You can help me raise funds by clicking the AFSP Donor Drive link in the show notes, the blog, or my link tree. Thank you in advance. Your support is greatly appreciated. Peace and blessings, everyone. This is Elegant Granny, your creator and host of the Proactive Eye Podcast. Last week's episode was about how to help someone you believe is thinking of suicide. A few signs of recognizing someone needs help were listed. A more comprehensive list is posted on the blog. If you care to see that list, you can head over to bit.ly forward slash PE podcast blog and you will see the list there. We also spoke about things you can do to help someone and I disclosed what I experienced losing three loved ones to suicide. If you missed that episode, you can click on the last week's link in the show notes and also on the blog. This week, we are discussing ways to heal after losing someone to suicide. This one is tough. How do you deal with the loss of someone you know or love who died by suicide? I can start by telling you how it made me feel. I felt helpless, scared, angry, abandoned, even guilty. I never knew what caused my loved ones to leave me this way, and it is possible I will never know. What I chose to hang on to after losing my loved ones is how we loved one another, how much fun we had together, and what I valued most from each of them. In case you missed last last week's episode, I spoke about three people I lost to suicide. I still think about each of them from time to time and think about the happy times we shared. That may not seem enough to someone else who has experienced the same thing, but it took me so much effort. It took a lot of effort on my part to heal. I'm thankful for the available resources around to help me get over the emotions I dealt with. Now, with my first experience losing one of my best friends in high school, the only support I remember having was my mother. Of course, the teachers offered space for us to talk about what happened, but at this point, or at that point rather, we were not as willing to speak out about something like this in the open as students are today. My mother knew my friend Robert and his family. She was a brave soldier helping me, his grandfather, and his little brother cope with what happened. I was basically numb at that age. We were just in the 10th grade and I really did not know what to feel. All I knew is that I was no longer going to spend time with my friend. Thinking back, I think I was a little shocked, or a lot of shocked, and very confused. 
Suicide was not something talked about a lot in the 80s as it is today. Fast forwarding, it was rough dealing with the other two lives I lost. One was married to a friend of mine. We all congregated at church together. We enjoyed meals at their homes or out in public restaurants. We enjoyed activities at the school his wife owned. And it was just a tragic loss. The last and the third person I lost was a member of my family. He was the father of one of my little cousins whom he spoiled very, very much. We would meet at the park and enjoy walking and discussing our goals for our health journey that we were working on together and whatever other goals we wanted to achieve influencing the youth in our family to take care of their health. I missed all of them so very much. But, and by sharing my experience, I ho I'm hoping that it is helping others to talk about their experience with their grief and learn some options they have to help them heal. I cannot tell you how to grieve, but what I will say is do what is best for you when it comes to grieving. We all do the same thing, which is grieve, but we do it differently. I will also add, know when to seek professional help. Not everyone can bounce back as easy as someone else. It doesn't mean those who can have, who can have gotten over their loss or those who grieve a little longer have something wrong with them. It just means some may need extra support to help them face the future without their loved one in peace, which is hard to think about, but it is possible. There are many things you can do to help you heal after losing someone like this. There are different things that work for different people. Today, I'm going to share what I did to help me recover and heal as I had lost people that I had that loved so much and I still love them and miss them to this day. One of the things I did was I recognized the emotions I was experiencing and why I felt the way I did. As I mentioned earlier, some of the emotions I felt were helplessness, and I felt helpless because I wasn't even aware that they were even considering suicide. I was scared because what if someone else is thinking of it and I don't know it? I was very, very angry, and I was angry at the fact that I was angry at them believing, and I was also angry at myself for not recognizing signs. I felt abandoned because these people are no longer here with me, and I am no longer able to experience loving them and them loving me. I also felt guilty, and I felt guilty that there was, I felt guilty because I felt there were things that I could have done that could have helped them. And I felt guilty that I did not know the signs and recognize the signs. And I had to manage those emotions. The first thing I had to do was ask myself, do I want to continue feeling this way? And I didn't. Now, one of the things I did to help me manage my emotions was talking open with my family. I had open dialogue. My family is very big on open dialogue about 
everything in life. I come from a very, very large family, so it makes it so much easier picking and choosing who I talk to and what I talk to them about. The second thing I did was forgiveness. I was angry a lot, and being angry, it kept me, I, I was blaming them for how I felt because they left me. So I was angry and I had to deal with that. And I had to forgive them in order to let go of that anger. Now I can't explain how I did that because, well, I can explain it, but I don't think it will do any good to share how I did that because that is something that is a process for everyone to deal with. And everyone it's going to be a little different for everyone. So the way I chose to forgive is I spoke out in the atmosphere as if I was actually speaking to them. And I told them I forgave them. And I told them I am at peace now. You may not be here in present with me anymore, but you will always be in my heart. I will always have those memories that I've shared with you, the good times, and that's what I choose to hang on to. I also had to forgive myself. That's where the guilt came in. I had to forgive myself because I just didn't know the signs. I just didn't know that they were in trouble. Although I wish I'd known because I am one of those people, I am very protective and the majority of the time, the family knows that I am one who do a lot of crisis intervention within our family and also in the group with my friends. I am one of the first ones who usually recognize signs that someone is not having a good time with life. But when it came to suicide, that was completely different. I didn't recognize any of the signs. I didn't know it because I had never experienced it before. And even though I experienced it for the first time in 10th grade, it didn't help prepare me to deal with it as an adult with the other two. The last, the third thing I did was I looked for ways to honor them. And one of the ways I did that was um, I looked for a local American Foundation for Suicide Prevention chapter in my area. And I started investing time in their trainings. And I, this is how I also met others who experienced loss of loved ones. And it helped me to not feel alone. That was one of the biggest things for me was feeling alone. And it helped me to know that there were others out there who shared my experience and we were able to get together and we were able to talk and share our experiences and encourage one another, hug and cry. And a lot of times no, people don't realize even if someone's been gone for a short time or for a, a significant amount of time, it's going to hurt. And you're going to feel a certain type of way as you talk about them. But you know what? It helps 
getting that stuff out of you because holding on to it, it's like a pressure cooker and no one returns the release valve to relieve some of that pressure. And when you that does not happen, a big mess happens. So me doing this was like turning that little valve so that pressure can be released. Now, by joining my local American Foundation for, Suic for Suicide Prevention in my area, there's also a Facebook group where we can get on and we talk and we discuss and we support one another, which is something that maybe you could think about looking for. Also, um, in this Facebook group, events are listed and different trainings are listed. And sometimes they are listed and you, sometimes you don't, you, let me put it like this. In today's era, more people will go to social media than they will to actual websites. And so the reason why I'm choosing to put the Facebook group in here is because that's what a lot of people would rather choose to do. and. So look for a once you locate an, um, a chapter in your area, see if they have a Facebook group where you can talk. A lot of these trainings are free. The majority of the trainings that I've attended have been free. And all I had to do was make myself available to go. Another thing I did to honor my friends and my family um, was to participate in the Walks Against Suicide. Last year was my first one that I attended, and I cannot tell you how much love and camaraderie I felt. I did not want to leave. I did not. I met so many great souls there, and it they made me feel so good. We all met. We were all strangers. Um, this was pre-COVID, so we were hugging each other and supporting each other, crying and smiling at the same time, and um, exchanging information, exchanging numbers, and exchanging experiences, and different things that you can do to help minimize the pain. And it was just a wonderful experience. So if you have never um, participated in one, consider doing that. You, you will receive a plethora of support when you do. Now, the for the first time this year, I am participating in a, as a fundraiser. So I do have an AFSP donor drive, and I will list a link for that in the show notes and also on the blog. I also want to mention that this year, that we will be doing the walk virtually. The only people that will be there in person are the ones who are actually um, speaking. Those are the ones who are actually meeting in person to do the walk. The rest of us are, doing, are meeting with them virtually. Another thing I did was educate myself through the conversations with others who experienced the same thing. It wasn't enough just to talk and share with others my experience 
I listened to everything they had to say about their experience. And I listened to everything they said that they did to help them heal and recover. And this is how I educated myself. Things that I wasn't aware that you can do or other places and other resources that you can go to. I took note of absolutely everything and it has been a help, a great help. Something else I do is I talk about it on my podcast. I don't talk about it as much as some of the other topics, but I do dedicate a certain amount of time to deal with suicide. It's mostly as it relates to abuse. Now, I'm not sure the reason why my three loved ones died by suicide. I have no idea if it was related to abuse or not. But I shared in my last two episodes the reason why I added onto the podcast because there are a lot of people in abusive situations who do have ideation of suicide because for them, it's a way out. And I am working to advocate to do something about that. There's, there should be no time when anyone thinks that this is their only way out and there is no hope. So I am hoping by sharing this on my podcast that it is helping. The last thing I want to share that I do is I hold private vigils. There are times, sometimes when I want to spend time with those that I lost and I'm not able to do so because they are no, they're not here and present with me. I'll light some candles. I'll fix, I'll fix a snack and I'll camp out in my living room or on my back patio and I'll just talk as if I'm in conversation with them. And I feel such peace when I do that. It's almost as if their spirit is present and I feel them and they're telling me that everything is okay. And they just, and it's as if they are wanting to be around me also. So that's something I choose to do. Someone else may not want to do that, but that's something I do and it helps me. Hopefully I have said something in this episode to help you consider what you can do to begin or continue your process of healing after losing someone you love by suicide. You are a great asset in this world and it is especially important after a life of any form of abuse to see a physician and a mental health specialist to help you excel as you recover. Let a granny know in the voice message feature or by email at proactiveeye at gmail.com some things you do to help you recover. I would love to hear your story and get your perspective on why those things are valuable to you. If you are someone who has experienced a loss of a loved one by suicide, research resources available for you and your family in your area to support you as you heal. You can start by visiting the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention website at AFSP.org. That's AFSP.org. On their website, you will find stories of others who experienced loss by suicide, how to get help, locating and joining a local chapter near you, 
and how to make a difference in your community. It has been a pleasure sharing with you today. All links to connect with me and free resources are in the show notes. Feel free to download episodes and take advantage of the free resources provided. You can visit the Proactive Eye blog at bit.ly forward slash PE podcast blog. That's B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash PE podcast blog. You can also connect with Proactive Eye on Instagram and Twitter. The handle is at Proactive Eye. And also on Facebook, the handle is at Proactive Eye Podcast. This has been your host, Elegant Granny. Thank you for your support and visit again. And remember, healing is a continuous process, not a one-shot deal. Much love, peace, light, and healing vibes, family. Stay tuned next week as we kick off Proactive Eye's one-year anniversary and discuss different dynamics of abuse during Domestic Violence Awareness Month in October. Thank you.